It's that time again. We go beyond the jive. Join our hosts, John Swan and Natalie B. Brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. All you hive jive junkies out there, this is the hive jive. I'm going to start this off by posing a question that I posed to somebody who I think should have known the answer and they didn't. And I honestly, I could do this myself if I really wanted to, but it would, it would take the scientific method approach to do so and diligence of doing it before anything happened. But all the time, so this is based off of a presentation from a lady who just specifically does architecture and like how the comb structure is made and how the bees physically do it, how it works with the natural laws of everything and gravity and how mm -hmm. they actually build this magnificent thing. In one of her parts of the presentation, she had all these statistics on, and it's statistics that we've heard before, how much honey it takes to actually build X amount of wax. And it usually equates to a pound of wax. And my question back to her was, how much wax is actually in an average colony? Because we hear a pound of wax, but anybody who has taken a comb, especially like a frame that you've scraped off that's older and you melted that sucker down, it is shocking how little wax is actually used right. to create that whole structure, right? right? So that bar full of honey may weigh seven pounds, but the comb itself doesn't even weigh a pound. Right. Oh, no, no it doesn't. It's like 200 grams or something. Yeah. It's not even that much. Yeah. yeah. So my question to her was, okay, well, that's awesome. And that's a, that's to put it in perspective. Oh, it takes, you know, 10 pounds of honey to make one pound of wax. But do the bees really need one pound of wax? So no, that's, that's what I always tell people. Yeah. You don't need that hardly that much to store all that the way they stretch it out. Yep. And, and it, one pound of wax is going to make a lot of frames uh, and, and comb for the bees. Yeah. So that is my question. That is, that is also my challenge that at some point, if I ever get the time, I may try to answer it myself. But that is my question that I pose to How the much? universe. Mm -hmm. An average colony. Mm -hmm. So... In nature, or if you wanted to do a Langstroth, a deep and a medium, just average volume size colony, how much wax, not including the weight of chrysalis and cocoons and pollen and all this other stuff in there, just wax, how much wax weight does an average colony have or need? That's a great question. And I think that the answer is always going to be, it depends. Of course it, it depends, but there's still got to be an average number. Right, right, it's true. So I guess it would take a study to answer that clearly and and fairly without being subjective. I might, uh, I might ask Tom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if anybody's really um, done that study. They don't on, seem get to, an average. They just, they just gleam over it, you know. Like, but I, right. I think if <laughs> if anybody had the past experience and knowledge to probably come up with the average, it would be Tom Seeley. Right. But it also, so to get all that measurement, you would have to get all the comb in that colony out. What do you do with that colony? Shook swarm it, wait for the brood to um, get out, uh, harvest the honey. Then you have all the cocoons that have soaked in the wax. That's True. part of it. If it's older comb, then you have a different answer than if it's fresher comb. Yeah. All that good stuff, right? But that, but so if you're doing it from that perspective, you would literally have to melt it down, separate out. Mm -hmm. to truly get the weight of the wax. And that's, that's one of the reasons I say average, but my thought in my head was start with a new colony or start with a swarm. 
Mm-hmm. And then as, as they're building the comb, take it out and shake it off and weigh it and already have measurements of what the frame itself weighs or what the board weighs if it's a bar. Mm-hmm. So you have that measurement and that's your, your baseline. And then you let them build the comb. You take them, you shake all the bees off before they've done anything to it because they're just building it, weigh it, subtract off the weight of the woodenware or the frame structure. And you come up with these numbers and then you can extrapolate this comb was this dimension. This comb was this dimension. It weighed this right. much. It weighed this much. You could eventually reverse engineer an average weight of wax for a colony. And all it would really honestly take is say two solid frames or two solid bars. If you could eventually equate that of empty wax that they've just drawn out and hadn't laid anything in, you could then turn around and reverse engineer it and say, okay, well, it takes this many bars for an average colony or this many frames. So you could hypothetically extrapolate. It takes this much weight. So I'm going to do you one better. A couple of things in your uh, strategy, which I think is very creative. Um, As soon as they build the comb, they start putting stuff in it. They can do that. And I've seen the queen start laying in the comb before the comb was even bigger than three inches. So Layer and nectar. So there's that limitation. And as soon as those larvae start eating, they grow and they weigh a lot more. So that's going to skew your numbers. However, a simple way might be, I don't know if that's uh, realistic, but take, if you've got a Langstroth, take an average frame, drone comb, no plastic foundation, cut it out, measure it or maybe 10, 10, 10, 10 of them that are just pure drone comb, nothing in them, cut them out, weigh them. And then you have uh, the weight of wax in that 10 frame. And then, or you could do that with a top bar the exact same way. Yeah. You wouldn't have any food or brood or anything and take a, a frame that's about average, uh, not too white, not too black, just kind of like in the middle when they're golden and, and strong enough, but not too old. And I think that that might get you a little bit closer to what you're looking for, maybe. It would. The golden, though, is still going to have, it's going to have <laughs> some chrysalis and stuff in it. So it's still going to have some extra yes. weight to it a little bit. Um, yeah. Honeycomb at the end of the colony, though, because it, they usually will backfill that and that'll be honey. Right. And a lot of times if they've, in a top bar especially, you will have pure comb at the back of that colony that doesn't have anything in it but honey. So you could use some of those as they utilize that over winter coming out too. That would be great because especially what you're looking for that information for is actually uh, the argument that this is going to allow you to store the honey, right? So that that pound of, uh, it's going to take you that much to to draw the honey. So the argument is usually based on the fact that um, natural comb is cut out and, and crushed and strained and destroyed instead of being reused like a lot of the foundation uh, process um, does. And so the argument is always, well, it's more economical for the colony to not destroy that comb and give it back to them. So in that context, uh, I, I think that measuring just the work, the, the either the drone comb or the comb the in comb. which they're gonna store honey is probably your best bet if that's the context you're looking for the information on. Yeah, I just think it would be interesting because it, it's, <laughs> it's something that you never see in any of those numbers. You never mm-hmm. see the extrapolation of, this is how much wax by weight that a colony on average right. needs or uses. Right. You know, and, and yeah, it depends too, because, and that's why I said like a deep and a medium at the most, because in nature, a deep colony hive in a Langstroth setup, that's all the space they need in nature. Right. They, they're not really doing this expansion. That's the beekeepers that do that. Right. You know, so they're more confined by the tree. The tree doesn't add on 
hollow spaces yeah. at different times of the year and stuff for them. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't. But uh, the 200 gram uh, number sticks in my head as one of the average for the for the frame of um, deep Langstroth's uh, honeycomb kind of a amount of wax that it would be in there. In which case, if you multiply it by the number of number frames, of frames you would have in average yeah. five, that might be what you're looking for. But I might be way off on the 200 grams. That's just a number that stick in my head. Yeah. So there you go. If somebody out there is bored and industrious, and wants exactly. To get out there and figure it out. <laughs> now you have a challenge. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. I, uh, I think that would be interesting information to have. And it just, it helps put things into perspective and context because yeah, that's, it's fascinating. I can extrapolate up or down from how much honey it makes to take wax, but how much wax right. do they need to use? Because without well, that key point, what does it matter? <laughs> exactly. Well, and beyond that, I would argue that by recycling, cycling out the old comb when you harvest, it's going to keep your bird's nest fresher and, and cleaner, which means your bees are going to be healthier, which means in turn, they're probably going to harvest more honey. Um, so I think that at some point is also a little bit of a wash there. And I think that uh, thinking too simply in, in too simplistic terms about this is kind of a, not really necessarily giving the answer that some beekeepers are, 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 you know, talking about. I think that there's a value to the crush and strain and removing the comb as you go. Yeah, I think so too, especially if it is that older dark stuff mm -hmm. for certain. Well, there you go. Yeah. Now, now you, you have go. a challenge. Good luck. That's right. Maybe I'll take it when I'm not busy one day. <laughs> that, that was, that was me. That was the voice in my head laughing whenever I was like, you know, maybe if I have time and that was like that time, what? like that ever happens. <laughs> we wish uh, one day maybe. Yeah. Be good. And be mindful. <laughs> Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Hive Jive. We appreciate you joining us on our beekeeping adventures. And you can find out more information about today's episode online at thehivejive.com. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>